you, you got a little fan club with you today. I can keep hearing noises in the background. I have children. They're in kitchens. One of them is doing our homework and drawing pictures just behind me. Um, yes, it's a hive of activity. This is Sheer Isolation. It's presented by Kieran Moore in Trowbridge and John Ponting in Cricklade. Hello, good evening, good afternoon, good day, good morning. Whenever you're listening to us, yeah. Welcome one and all. It's Sheer Isolation. We're with myself, uh, John in Cricklade, my friend over there, Kieran in Trowbridge. You're right there, Kieran. You're looking smiley today. I am smiley. I've had like a weight lifted off my shoulders. I've been doing some tech work, some actual tech work. And this Sunday, it's Remembrance Sunday, to remember those who've lost their lives during war. Chippenham Town Council are going to stream their 20-minute service. They're going to stream it. So I've been ordering all the equipment, you know, the camera, to make sure everything works. And I had a real nightmare with this camera. Um, I managed today to figure out how to get it to work. I've got it linked to the Chippenham Town Council YouTube so that it can be embedded and streamed. And I'm just over the moon that I'm capable of achieving stuff still. So... For, for people who aren't familiar with our show, we, we do our best to um, promote the local music scene. It, it's had a very rough year. We're now back into lockdown, and Welcome to lockdown two, as people are calling it. How is that impacting <laughs> you? Because for people who don't know, you, you, will, you look after a couple of venues and, and halls uh, across Wiltshire. So what's happening with you? So interestingly, the Neils didn't have any events and hadn't planned any for this period. So for them, it's just business as usual. However, we have just postponed everything in January, February and March. Um, so that's all out the window now to April next year. The town hall in Trowbridge was due to launch on the 14th of November. That's now being put on hold until the new year. So I don't think anything's happening there now until the new year. So it's an absolute nightmare. It's a pig. A lot of venues and pubs and, and you know restaurants, anything really, have ploughed a lot of money into being open for this period only to be shut again. So if they weren't they were already struggling, I think this might be the end for a few Mm. bleak bleak difficult times and, and as we're recording this we're still not too sure on what the government's um well, although the government have said furloughs extended till march they haven't really confirmed things like self-employed which obviously a lot of musicians and people in the industry are so i don't know whether that will be released in the coming days but it's it's let's hope uh, so. we're recording prior yeah we are so let's hope something gets rectified we're good to go you say okay. rectified that's a great word i'm going to start using that there you go Rectified in a pleasing way. Erectified. There we go. <laughs> I'm sure we can get that passed off, Com. That's fine. I'm sure we can. That's a, it's, a, it's a good word. Yeah. I wasn't implying right. anything other than getting things sorted. <laughs> uh, for people who tuned in last week um, and saw the interview of Dave Young, we've, we've had some great feedback and some great responses from, from that. And the good news is that wasn't a single interview. We've got more parts and we're going to do part two uh, on this week's show. So we're going back to some of the stuff and some of the stories that Dave Young was talking about, which is exciting stuff. We also had some people uh, send us uh, Ed Sheeran pictures. Gemma sent us a pic of her with Ed Sheeran. If anyone else has got pictures of Ed Sheeran when he played at the Vic, just send them over. Why not? Yeah, because that's let's, quite let's cool. Get a collection of them. I've right. got some pictures of Ed Sheeran when he performed in Marlborough at Sound Knowledge. Right, it is my turn to pick a track for this week. And um, what I've really enjoyed doing is rather, because Kieran, you're kind of in charge of new stuff and, and things which are coming out. I'm really enjoying looking back through the archives, looking back like 10 years or so, thinking, oh, I really like that track. Did they have a video? And I found an absolute pearl for us this week. So this band, they're not together now as far as I know, but they were based in Cheltenham. They're called Loungefly. And this is called Lap It Up. <laughs> Thank you. 
track is from 2009 and I was really happy that they had a video for it because they're a great band I've, I've got some um, couple of their EPs we've had a few people pick older tracks haven't we we had the uh, the two-tone bath punk band that was quite good fun mm-hmm. I quite like that the industry has been here for a long time we've had some great success for many years and I also <laughs> like to look back at the older videos because back back in the day of proper tape cameras it was far more hassle to put a video together not that I'm saying 2009 with they used tape cameras there were digital cameras around in 2009 just no nowhere near as good quality as they are now okay so uh, let's go back to our interview that we're going to pick up from last week which was uh, a chap called david young do you want to give us a brief synopsis of the guy kieran yeah so if you didn't catch last week's session david was a venue owner in swindon for eight years he owned the venue eight and a half years 
He owned the Vic in Swindon. He expanded and had the 12 bar and he left the 12 bar and eventually he left the Vic. He achieved and did so many crazy things. Um, and what we've done, we've managed to get a bunch of these stories onto tape, as it were. And they're, they're there for forever now. So we've got these stories and we're going to do another interview with him because we haven't finished. There are more stories. We're going to do a second interview on a different day. And we're going to probably have to cut that into two as well. So we're going to have loads of Dave. But I promise you, Dave is worth listening to over and over and over again. You never get bored of Dave. So yeah, that's David Young in a nutshell. Let's skip over to the second part of this interview. And with that new Fortnite gig, there was a really good tip where the crowd were being really loud. So we turned oh, yeah. them down to yeah. shut them all up. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it was their, it was their sound engineer, well, their manager, or his manager. I mean, he came over and, and people were talking and being loud and he said, turn the volume down. He said, oh, no, turn it, he said, turn it down. And the more we turned it down, the more people had to be quiet to hear what he was playing. And, and people around the people that were noisy were telling them to shut up. And it worked really well. Apart from, that was the first night of the smoking ban. It was the very first night, and Anna was going around collecting all the ashtrays up to get rid of them and chuck them away. And while it was really quiet and a lovely little moment, she dropped every single one of them all over the floor. <laughs> Which was brilliant. <laughs> Everyone turned around and glared at her. But once the, uh, the audience are uh, glaring at the venue, that doesn't happen very often, does it? <laughs> yeah, well, I was quite good at dealing with people. We had, um, what was that band, Anna, that you fell out with the management? They were lovely. Their manager, I think he thought he was still 13 or something. He had his jeans hanging down off his arse. He was probably mid-30s, 40, I don't know. But he had his trousers hanging down his knees. Anyway, one of the, one of the staff came up to me and said, Anna's having a problem with their manager, and she's in the kitchen with him at the 12 bar. So I went into the kitchen thinking, marching in. I'll sort it out. She's got him pinned against the wall going, <laughs> telling him to act, act his age and grow up. <laughs> We had the dams come and play, and sometimes the promoters wouldn't give you all the information. But the dam came and played, which is amazing to have a band the size of the dam come and play for us. And just before they're about to go on, literally, I don't know, 40 minutes, their tour manager came up and said, um, you do know you can't have any glass in the venue while the band's playing. I said, what? He said, you can't have any glass in the venue while the band's playing. I said, we've only got glass. We don't have any plastic glasses. Why didn't you tell us this before? Well, I did tell the promoter. At this point, the promoter's slinking off out the door because he hasn't told me. And I said, well, look, I'm having a massive stand-up round with him. I am not going to stop people taking their drinks in there. I said, we're only making money from the bar. I'm not making money from the venue. The promoter's making the most of the money there. So... It's not happening. I'm not even going to bother putting it on if I'm not going to make any money. What is the point? The promoter's kid himself because he's obviously paid up front for it. So while we're all arguing, Anna sneaked off to Tesco's and literally got a trolley and bought every plastic glass they had. And we had people stood at the door and as they're going from the front into the venue, everyone's pouring their drinks into plastic as they're going through. I hope you charged the promoter. Oh yeah, we charged them with the glasses. We took that off his bill at the end. Too right. Yeah, damn right. If they told us before, we could have sorted it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, there you go. That's promoters <clears throat> for you, Kieran. <laughs> hey, I don't think you ever had a problem with me. No, not at all. No, that's true. 
you, you used to record some of the gigs, didn't you? And you went through a phase of recording shows and you recorded a couple of mine. And one of them was the Frank Turner show that ended up on oh, the right. download. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, my name is on there now. Engineers. So. Yeah. Yeah, I used, to do, I used to record a lot of bands and then I'd record a couple of tracks and then mix it down. And then they would go to the local BBC, uh, local music shows and then play their stuff live at the bit, blah, 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 and do all that, which is... It's a lot of work, as you know, when you're mixing down and doing yes. stuff. But it was everything to do with promotion, obviously, to, of course it to was. keep the place up and running. And keep every the name time, everywhere. Every time that's played, it does say Live at the Vic. So it's that constant exactly. reminder of what, how significant you are to the scene. Yeah, exactly. But that's what it's all about. I mean, it's all about contact, as you know. And yeah. if, you, if you put one band on, you get the opportunity to work with another band, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the way it works. And, you know, when we, when we sold the 12 bar, and just make, carried on just maintaining and doing the Vic. Because people liked the way we worked, they still put some of those bigger names on at the Vic. You know, we had... Um, you had acoustic oh, levelers, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they came and played the Vic, and then they played the 12 bar as well. But we had the guy from... Ah, oh, which one was it? Oh, Squeeze, yeah. Glenn Tilbrook. Yes. Yeah, he was due to play the 12 bar, but they, they, we'd sold it, and it had not been promoted at all. There was no promotion, no ticket sales. So I think it was four or five days before, less than a week before, the promoter came up to me and said, look, anywhere you can move what you've got on that day and put Glenn on because it's just not selling. I don't know, you'll, you'll do something with it. So, okay, then we took the gig on. So we even paid someone to stand outside the 12 bar and guide people that had got tickets to come to the Vic, which then they called the police. <laughs> so- <laughs> But anyway, we, we literally filled the place, you know, in, in less than that time. And, and what I did a bit of research and what the people didn't know um, at the trial bar, and what I didn't know at the time because it wasn't advertised, was it was Glenn turning up with a full band doing a special extra, a squeeze, if you like. Wow. Just, yeah, he turned up with his own drummer and some other instruments, you know, and other people. And, and so they, and the support act joined him and they put a band together and played squeeze stuff, which was amazing. And I in fact, they also did a CD. They recorded it live. They patched it to the desk and did a live CD that night that you could buy. At the end, you know, within half an hour at the end of the gig, the covers were pre-printed. The set list was the same for the tour. Is your CD live at the Vic, which you've got a copy of. So it was an amazing thing. So fancy losing that gig just by not promoting it. It was costing the venue nothing. But then again, that happens a lot, as you know, with venues. They just don't put the work in and don't... It's not, you know, it's hard work. You've got to promote it. it. Well, it is hard work, and uh, you know, you ran the bar, but you also the sound engineer, and Anna ran the bar, but she was also your accountant, so you're wearing different hats. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we do totally different things. Anna was doing all the accounts and, and doing, making sure everything ran smoothly. My job was to get people in and, and do the promotion. Well, bands and balls, she called it. I know this was everything else. <laughs> you know what? Well, that, that should be your business card. But it's all part of it. I mean, if there was an event, if there was a quiz on, you know, I would host it if there was a Wacky Wednesday. I would host it because you've got to get, you know, people knowing who you are. Anna was always behind the bar. She was always there front of house. You know, regardless of the manager, Linda was there. Anna would be there as well on the big nights. So everyone knew who we were, what was going on. And that's a good thing, you know. People need to know who's who. So obviously you've done a lot of rock and roll. How many times has your backstage been trashed? Uh, quite a few. In fact, it got trashed. I can't remember the band now. One of the Swindon bands, we weren't there on the night. We came back and it. we'd let them use the dressing room. 
So they decided to um, graffiti all over the walls in the dressing room because they thought it was cool. They thought they'd be cool to do that. So uh, fortunately for them, they left all their equipment on stage, ready to use for another gig the next day and pick it up. So we were literally going there before we went on holiday for the week. I got all their equipment, locked it in our sheds. And then when they phoned me up and said, uh, where's all our stuff? I said, well, it's all locked up in the dressing room. And when you've gone in and fully decorated the dressing room, you can have it back. They said, well, we've got a gig tonight. Well, not your gear, you haven't, because you're not having it. Until <laughs> you've done, until you've painted the dresses, really, you're not having it back. <laughs> oh, fair enough. I no, mean, you, you've, you've given the privilege of using the dressing room because they think they're a big band. Well, give it some respect, you know. Yeah, right. All the, all the names that, or bigger names that played there are grateful to have somewhere nice because they're using it for somewhere they've been traveling, they're on tour. It's nice to have somewhere with a nice comfy chair and a telly and a fridge. A and shower. A exactly. Yeah. And you look after them, and that's what it's all about. I mean, we, a lot of bands have stayed in the rooms at the 12 Bar. You know, we've looked after them, and they stayed the night. What was, what was the bands that um, played a gig, left a bass guitar, that really expensive bass guitar, and then <laughs> a year later, and picked yeah, it up? I nearly, I nearly kept that. It was uh, Mentalica. It was the Metallica tribute. But anyway, I, I went to the kitchen, and this was weeks after they played, and, and stuffed <coughs> back into the cupboard was a brand new... Fender bass guitar. I mean, it was absolutely brand new in a lovely case, everything awesome. And I think it was a cow covered, a cow skid case. Anyway, I kept asking around anybody, and there was a couple of personal things in it that wouldn't have been in a normal case. So I kept asking around, whose is it? And one goes, Oh, it's mine, it's mine. I goes, oh, Okay, then what was in the case? Oh, it's not mine, really. It's not, you know. <laughs> and then over a year later, we put, we put them on. I think, it was, I think it was back at the 12 bar. And the bass player came over and he goes, it's a bit of a long shot, he said, but I didn't leave a bass guitar here last time I played it, did I? I said, what sort of guitar was it? And he told me, <laughs> what was in the case? How did you wait over a year to come and claim it was yours? He goes, we do so many gigs. I didn't know where it was. I didn't know what to do. But yeah, so we found that. But even, even the guitar head that I use now with the Chaos Brothers was found in the 12 bar, left in a cupboard. And we never found whose it was. Oh. So, and in the Vic on the wall is a, a Gibson guitar, Gibson Les Paul. That was found, left in the 12 bar. And five years later, one of the bands that used to play the 12 bar came back and played the Vic because the 12 bar shut. And he walked in and went, that's my guitar. And I went, sod off. That's not your guitar. He goes, it is. He goes, you look, it's wired differently. I've, I've changed all the switches in there. And I took it apart and goes, bloody is as well. He goes, you must have keep it on there. It's been there so long. And that was <laughs> the guys from the Oasis tribute, Oasis and the Stereotonics. Oh, that, that was there years. And that's still they the were a hilarious bands. They were a hilarious they were. I did their sound once. And they, do the Oasis, uh, they did Stereotonics first. And they go yeah. off in, yeah. and they'd have the gap, get changed and come back as Oasis. Yeah. So you get yeah. all these punters going, oh, oh, yeah, the, the Oasis band are so much better musicians than, than the Stereotonics. So like, mate, I know. Bands. Exactly the same band, I know. It depends if you like one or the other, isn't it? Paul, the, the frontman, Higgy, he's brilliant. He's so <laughs> professional. But, I mean, you've got bands like the... I mean, he thought he was the Axl Rose. I mean, that but He'd act up all the time. And when, when Guns N' Roses was doing all that thing, and Axl wasn't turning up to gigs until really late. He started turning up late to the bit and stuff like that. So one night, 
the band came down. I said, it's eight o'clock. He's not even turning up for soundcheck or anything. Well, apparently he's on the way. And he always hired different bands and different people. It was all about him. Yeah. I said, well, we've got to do summer. And about half past eight come along. They said, well, should we go on and play some songs? I said, well, what can you do without him? Well, we're actually a stereophonics tribute without him. That's what we do. We're from Wales. <laughs> so we've got all these Guns N' Roses fans. And then this band came on and did stereophonics. And they were far better. I thought they were really good. Some of the tribute acts are brilliant guys, brilliant musicians, fantastic. Others think they are the people. And it's like... I think they're really? the band. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Which is hilarious, you know. I mean, the Guns N' Roses one turned up to the 12 bar, had a massive row, punching, actually, on the stage at the sound check. And I'm stood there just watching it. And they came over afterwards and apologized. I said, no, it's like the real thing. Brilliant. <laughs> you do that later on, that'd be really good. <laughs> 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 and basically he said to me oh we've had we've had such a big tour they played three nights on the trot that was it oh yeah. massive tour <laughs> no massive tour yeah 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 i think they've gone really they've done a, a european tour because they've been to the isle of Wight. that was it <laughs> that was David young from the vic and swindon that's the second part of the interview i promise you there will be a three and a four we just haven't recorded it yet so there's more stories to come if you love that which i know that you did Right, I've got a little bit of product placement for you. Wonderful. Ta-da! It's Fantastic Negrito and his debut album, Please Don't Be Scared. Uh, this is an album that got sent to me by Joe Cushley. Joe is going to be one of our future guests. He is a BBC Radio 2 producer, particularly for the Keris Matthews session. And he, if there's something about blues he doesn't know, it's not worth knowing. Um, he's absolute talent and I love him to bits. He was responsible, Joe was responsible for bringing, just names have come out of my head, Steve, C6 Steve. He brought C6 Steve to the UK. So he's got taste, insightfulness, he's brilliant. Um, this is another guy that he brought to the UK market, Fantastic Negrito. Um, and I think we're going to pick a song called Plastic Hamburgers. <laughs> Yeah. 
some news then Kieran a couple of bits of news to talk about this week let's first off uh, just cover what we know about lockdown now I know we briefly touched on on what's happening with with you uh, this uh, uh, for the next com- coming months it's just worth reiterating when you look back at all the guests we've had over the last six seven months on this show these people who thought they may well be getting back into their trade are now not so where where do we go from here well you say they're not. Now, whilst the guidelines are still really terrible, I understand that live streams can still go ahead. So a musician can still attend a venue and do a live stream. So potentially it's not all bad. It just means that the, the socially distanced live aspect of it probably won't go ahead. But the, the, the streams possibly. It, it does seem strange uh, why universities can still work and be open and operate and, and six forms and colleges and that but not a pub <laughs> i saw there was a plumber on facebook earlier raving about how he can go to see 20 clients a day but he can't go see his mum in the kitchen and someone just replied and said i heard she needs a tap fixing well talking about large crowds we have had the story this week that, that made the national news about the big rave in yates where 700 people were having a party and the yeah. uh, organizers got fined ten thousand pounds for, for putting that on you can't say you weren't warned. I, I did speak to my Yates-based rave correspondent, because everybody should have one. She said that she's, she met Harlequin, Iron Man, and, uh, and it was like Shaun of the Dead walking around Yates on Sunday morning. That sort of stuff, um, whilst it's fun for the people, etc., etc., what that actually does is that brings a lot of disrepute to the, pe- the professionals who actually put on events, because I, a lot of the events, uh, Facebook groups I'm in involved in, like technicians and theatre technicians, etc., they were really slamming that event for the people who supplied the equipment to allow it to happen. Fortunately, it didn't bring any disrepute to Yate, which uh, lost its reputation a very long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom! We're going to wrap up this show then, Kieran. Uh, if anyone wants to get in touch, send us your music videos. Send us any news about your bands. It's sheerisolation at gmail.com. Send us your selfies with Ed Sheeran. We're going to get a collection going. There's one thing I want to finish off on, John, and say one thing. I got in my car today to drive home at five o'clock. It's now dark when I leave work. 
for the first time I'm, li- I'm driving home in the dark and it feels like I've just finished an event and I could be driving home from an event. I'm pretending that I did a good tech work today. So I feel a little bit more back in the, in the, in the, in the groove. I've got my soul back. All, it, all you need to do is drive at night and it's just brought everything flooding back to you. Simple you know what? I'm a simple guy with simple needs. That's all it required. All right, Ken, we will, we'll wrap this one up, mate. So uh, thank you for joining me as ever. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank Thanks for watching us. We will be uh, back next week. Don't forget, you can find past shows. Sorry, my cat is distracting me. Uh, don't forget, you can find past shows on YouTube. And uh, we've also got a playlist on YouTube. So any track we've ever featured, you can just find it on the Sheer Isolation playlist. Cheers, mate. Take it easy, Karen. I will speak to you. Until next time. See you later. Bye. Bye.